0: Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Today we will recap the week that was, including a look at the May jobs report, thoughts on the inflation picture here in the U.S., and a preview of the week ahead. Uh, Joining us for the conversation, glad to welcome back Brian Rose, Senior Economist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Brian, great to be with you as always. Thank you for dropping by and looking forward to our conversation.
1: Thanks, Dan. Good morning, everyone.
0: So, Brian, perhaps we can begin with the May employment report. I know we just received that at 8.30 Eastern here on Friday morning. I'm uh, just curious to hear about how the data measured up relative to your expectations heading into the release and curious as well as to how you would characterize uh, the current state or health of the U.S. labor market.
1: So, overall, this was a pretty good report. We had payrolls up by 390,000, which beat consensus the unemployment rate was unchanged at 3.6 percent, and uh, consensus looked for it to go down to 3.5. But under current circumstances, the higher unemployment rate is actually good news. So you had the labor force participation rate ticking up, and uh, you know, from the, the perspective of the you know worries over Fed tightening. It's actually better to have, uh, you know, this combination. So higher participation rate, unemployment rate staying flat. You know, this um, this is this is better news from the Fed's perspective. And uh, as part of that, we had average hourly earnings up three tenths month on month. If you look over the last four months, the wages are rising at around a four percent annualized pace, and that's actually a number the Fed can live with. So. You know, for all the talk about overheating labor market and, and all that, the wage growth is actually pretty uh, moderate. And uh, again, if the participation rate comes up a little bit uh, further, that, that helps. I would say, though, that you know, payrolls are now within 800,000 of the pre-pandemic peak. And the real question is, you know, how many people are left to come back into the labor market, uh, you know, uh, after the pandemic? Uh, you know, I'd estimate there's maybe a million people uh, left to go, but, uh, you know, we can't sustain the kind of payroll growth we've had had recently. They're just, you know, we're, we're going to run out of people and the payroll growth will have to slow. you know, at some point later in the year.
0: Thank you for the perspective on the jobs numbers, and it's interesting to hear about how the Fed might be interpreting this data and how the data is helping to inform their policy decisions. Now, outside of the May jobs report, Brian, what were some other macro data points, some releases from this past week of note that you can share with us?
1: Yeah, well, staying with the, the jobs theme, we had the JOLTS job openings data. Uh, this is for April, and uh, it showed the, you know relatively, I'd say, flat trend in, in job openings. So they did revise the March data higher to a new record high. So month on month, there was a decline of uh, four or four, five hundred thousand in the job openings. But if you compare the April level with the you know, previous months, going going back a few months, the trend is really pretty flat. So job openings... Pretty steady around around this level, a, a little over 11 million. The problem is though that you know the, the unemployment uh, data that we just got this morning uh, shows less than six million unemployed. So you've got six million unemployed and over 11 million job openings, and that is you know a, a, a extreme imbalance. So still, you know, uh, no no way that you're going to find that many workers to fill all these uh, all these openings. The other key release uh, was the ISM manufacturing, and uh, that actually ticked up uh, a little to 56.1. So it has been on a downward trend, but surprised to the upside uh, in May. And again, on the labor front, that showed uh, some some easing in, in the shortages. So manufacturers uh, commenting that you know it's a little bit easier to uh, to find workers.
0: Thank you, Brian, for the recap of this week's data points. And something else worth highlighting, I know on Wednesday this week, we did receive the Fed's Beige Book. I find this to be always an interesting read. I know it's a bit of a lagging indicator, though nonetheless important to uh, dig through it and see what it reveals about uh, the health of the overall economy. What are some takeaways from this Beige Book, Brian, that you could share with us? What jumped out to you?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, Beige Book is actually more useful than, than usual because there's so much noise in the economic data, the kind of anecdotal evidence you get from the beige book becomes you know, more uh, more attention-worthy. And the, overall, the beige book uh, shows the economy starting to cool off. So, uh, and this is this is not a dramatic change from the previous beige book, which came out six weeks ago, but it is noticeable. So, you know, the slower growth less optimism on the part of businesses on on the economic outlook and uh, you know one of the interesting things that we've heard in from other sources is that consumers are starting starting to struggle to afford the higher prices so you know, as we're talking about wage growth is pretty moderate it's not enough to offset inflation and there's uh, starting to be some you know some signs of softness as consumers you know have to decide do i if I'm spending more to fill up uh, my car with gasoline, there's less left over to spend on uh, something else, and this is what you see in, in the Beige book. And again, going back to to the labor market, uh, you know, still tight overall, but some signs of easing in a few of the districts, and you know some signs of wage growth uh, moderating. And uh, on the inflation side, also uh, not uh, not the widespread, but you know, some early signs that uh, inflation is starting to slow. So, you know, I think uh, the overall the base book leaves the Fed uh, on the path to, to raise rates by 50 basis points in, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks. But um, things are starting to head in the right direction. I think it'll be reassuring to the Fed that, you know, they, uh, they're on the right path, uh, that, uh, you know, the – tighter monetary policy is starting to have uh, an effect.
0: Brian, appreciate the context as to what kind of role the Beige Book plays. And uh, encouraging to hear about uh, the inflation takeaways. Maybe we can run with inflation for a few more moments. Now, it was interesting. I do recall earlier this week we, we heard from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. The secretary had some interesting remarks with respect to how the inflation picture was Perhaps earlier interpreted. What is your current inflation outlook, Brian, based on the data we've received recently?
1: Well, we do expect inflation to slow mainly on lower core goods prices. So, especially you look at autos, Uh, production is rising, but sales were very weak in May. And uh, if this uh, trend continues, new and used car prices should start to fall and uh, you see some uh, some items which you know have typically fallen in you know recent decades things like computers and tvs uh, smartphones those prices are also uh, trending lower now so uh, you know that lower goods prices should bring the overall inflation rate down uh, quite a lot I'm more of I'm more concern is on the service side so you know, that has the bigger labor component. And we're talking about, you know, the labor market is still uh, tight. So, uh, and you also see service companies struggling to keep up with demand. So, uh, you know, some big price increases on the service side. Rents are increasing at a faster pace. Uh, so, you know, you've got the concerns still over food and energy prices. And on the service side, but uh, there should be a dramatic slowdown in, in other goods, and that will help to bring you know, the overall inflation down. I think the Fed's measure, uh, which is the core PCE, you know, that's the one they tend to focus on, uh, that's around 5% now, but could be down to, to around 3% by the end of the year, which isn't, you know, wouldn't be that far from their 2% target.
0: Thank you, Brian, for the updated outlook on inflation. Definitely an ongoing point of interest. So as we begin to wrap up our conversation for this week, Brian, looking ahead to next week, anything in particular taking place that we should be mindful of? Yeah, well, I should mention we have
1: the ISM services coming out a little bit later today. And then next week, the big release is the CPI for May. So obviously, you know, huge, uh, Focus uh, on that in the markets and it's probably going to show an, a, another big increase because gas prices you know, really surged uh, in May. And then uh, we'll also get the latest reading on consumer sentiment, which has been very weak. Again, same same theme: uh, you know, consumers feeling squeezed by uh, you know, by the higher prices. And then one other thing to note is the European Central Bank uh, has a meeting. We expect them to uh, announce the end of their QE program and also strongly hint that uh, they're likely to raise rates in July.
0: Okay, so some macro points of interest in the week ahead to be mindful of. Thank you for that preview, Brian, and thank you very much for the perspective, the commentary you offered our listeners, our clients on the podcast today, especially with respect to the May jobs report. Always great catching up, Brian, and we'll look forward to having you back on again with us soon. But in the meantime, have a great weekend.
2: You too. Thanks very much.